Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series one by one. There will be no spoilers for future episodes, but we will definitely be discussing uh, details from previous episodes. I'm Harrison, and I like the word Winnebago. And I'm Jason, and I loathe these ridiculous uh, roleplay rejects, but I also want to be a part of them. <laughs> <laughs> but just like in the roleplaying, like, if I have to go, if they tell me, like, oh yeah, go kill this girl, like, whoa, <laughs> no, I'm just here to, like, wear mail and not get judged for it. <laughs> Uh, Harrison, what episode are we watching this week? We are watching Buffy Season 5, Episode 20, Spiral. This is the one where things spiral out of control. <gasps> That's why they call it that! <laughs> Whoa. You are some kind of sorcerer. I'm, I'm special smart. Uh, this is the one where the gang goes on the run to flee uh, Glory after she discovers the truth about Dawn. Uh, they have a Winnebago fight with the Knights of Byzantium and ultimately take shelter in like an old garage gas station Station. sort of situation uh, where uh, Glory successfully takes Dawn, leaving Buffy more or less catatonic. We also get uh, a little bit of Glory's origin story, or should I say, Glorigen. God damn you. (laughs) God damn you, straight to hell. <laughs> Spiral was written by Stephen Estenite and directed by James A. Contner. Got those uh, middle initials in full force today. <laughs> and it originally aired on May 8th, 2001. Hell yeah. Jason, what are you drinking today? Some really good bourbon that you're sharing with me. Uh, mm-hmm. Poured us some Four Roses on the Rocks. Yeah. Four Roses on the Rocks. What? I'm just, just rolling my R's. Just rolling my, rolling my eyes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, this was a birthday present from someone. I can't remember who. So, my apologies if you gave me four roses. Thank you. Um, All right. That means you uh, get through four weeks of The Bachelor. Okay. Is this what I can expect from you today? What? This, just, I don't know, joy and light that you've got in your eyes. I don't like (laughs) it. I hate it. I don't trust it. Um, I, I, I I watch, I was telling you, I had a really good day of watching stuff yesterday. I watched uh, the new Sandman series on Netflix. Check it out; it's awesome. And I mean, if you're fan, if you're a fan of Buffy, like this will scratch that mystical itch. Mystical itch. That's a Mitch. good. That's a good band name. It is yeah. <laughs> mystical itch. And then, uh, then I watched uh, three Predator movies, culminating in the new Prey movie, which was also awesome. Which will also scratch a little Buffy itch because you've got a uh, you got a girl taking down a monster. Yeah. Hell yeah. Did you watch uh, Did you watch it in English or Comanche? Comanche, baby. The, the only problem with it was was that um, 
I thought that they filmed it in, entirely in Comanche, but mm. it was a it's dub. It's a dub, yeah. And so it was weird seeing like the English, like them mm-hmm. say the English words, which I read in the English subtitles, but hearing the Comanche. It was like, because when I watch, uh, my brain has a certain process when I watch uh, movies with subtitles, because I like, I like watching foreign movies, especially uh, Japanese films. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but like, it's just like, oh, okay, I've got this like connection where it's like, I'm seeing, I'm hearing and seeing the lips say the, the native language words, but I'm like, also, I can kind of like concurrently read the mm-hmm. English subtitles and it's like two separate things processing in my brain. Like I can enjoy the hearing the native language, but reading the subtitles in English, this was like. I'm it, I'm seeing them say English yeah. things, and it it, it 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 was something to get used to, but I'm I still appreciate it because, yeah. it, was, because it was great hearing it. When you're watching something else that isn't your native language, yeah, you're not the, the the actual. Even if you can tell that it's not matching what they're saying or what you're hearing, you're you you still can't connect what the mouth movement is to the sound necessarily. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah. And it's in English, it's, I can see how that, I watched it in English, but I am going to watch it, when I watch it next, I'm going to do it in Comanche, um, but yeah, I can see how that could be, like, a bit of a brain fuck at first. Yeah, just a, just a heads up, <laughs> since you are planning on watching it, but I do highly recommend it, um, I saw a lot of people commenting that it, uh, it really kind of set the atmosphere, having it in Comanche, mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, also, uh, there's a lot of French, um, yeah. in the, uh, and I don't, I don't speak French, um, and uh, the the subtitles that I got were just the French words, so mm-hmm. I don't know what they were talking about. I could make like I could use some context clues for something, but yeah, uh, in the in the English version, they they leave all the French just completely unsubtitled. All right. Um. So because I think it's the idea is that you're kind of you're in the scene from Naru's perspective, mm-hmm. and she doesn't speak the language. All right. Um. Well, in that case, here a toast to pray. Yeah, it's a great fucking movie. I loved it. It really was. Cheers. It's like, I mean, it is it, it is very much like up there with the Northmen for me for uh, movies about like just wrecking shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's going this, savage and wrecking shit, man. I it's it's part of me is like, oh, it's a bummer that I didn't get to see it in theaters. This would have been a great theater watch, but. I mean, this movie would fucking flopped it had it gone to theaters. I Honestly, mean, that's just like kind of the sad fact. I, I do love that um, it was streaming in 4K, though. Um, oh, it was? Yeah, I got to take advantage of that nice. on my 4K television. Nice. Um, oh, by the way, I apologize if anybody's offended by my use of the word savage. I meant like, I wasn't meaning... Mm, I wasn't a... mean, yeah, I wasn't meaning that as like a derogatory term towards native people. It's more just like savage, like brutal AF. Yeah. Um, but Good apologize call. if anybody takes uh, <laughs> yeah. offense at that. All right. Well, speaking of people, brutalities, Brutality. brutal things, let's talk about Glory after she's ripped the wall off of... <laughs> we didn't really talk about that. That Glory just rips a whole fucking wall well, off No, we Tara's didn't talk door. about it because you're like, oh, well, Tara's not getting the deposit back. No, she's not. Um, which, I mean, if it's a dorm room... True. It's not really a deposit, uh, but there's also like, you know, there's also like on-campus apartments as well at colleges, and uh, this this always seemed much bigger than a dorm room. Maybe Tara just 
has a really good use of space. Um, yeah, maybe I can see that. Uh, she's a she's a smart cookie. So, um, Glory. So as we where we left off with uh, Buffy, uh, Glory has discovered that Dawn is the key. So Dawn and Buffy make their escape. Uh, Willow slows Glory down briefly, um, but then she she uses some uh, some super speed we didn't know she had. Yeah, and she uh, goes full Kool Aid Man through that <laughs> through those walls in the in the uh, in the dorm buildings. Oh my gosh, that was so funny! And just like the way people are like when Buffy's like running through, like what the fuck, and then Glory comes through, and they're like. Just another day. You see Sunnydale. <laughs> um, you know, at least it's not Commandos. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Buffy uh, fucking carries Dawn. Uh, Dawn's like, I can't go any faster. I, I, yeah, I do I do love how, like, that is clearly two other actor, actors. <laughs> um, hell, it may even be just, like, a, a dummy that they're holding for Dawn. Um, Maybe. But uh, you can clearly not see their faces. Yeah. They're like very, like you can tell in one shot in particular, like Dawn's body is like very deliberately blocking Buffy's face. Uh, and, you know, of course, Buffy's stunt double is a little more muscular than than Sarah. So whenever whenever she takes over, it's just like, oh, Buffy got jacked. <laughs> um, um, Glory catches up to Dawn and Buffy. Um, and after some uh, verbal tete-a-tete, uh, she gets hit by a fucking semi. <laughs> I'm voting for Glory because she got hit by a semi truck. <laughs> I'm voting for Buffy because she pushed her. Yeah. She didn't. <laughs> she didn't, but she uh, she was strategic about it. Mm-hmm. I every time Buffy is like down on herself in this episode, I'm like Buffy, Buffy. And then I'm gonna pat her on the head and be like, "You're doing, yeah. you're doing great, sweetheart." So the thing that I really enjoyed about this episode, um, and I didn't have like the uh, the reference that I have now when I first watched it, is um, it really makes me think of probably my favorite part of Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I just like ignited. <laughs> uh, I either ignited. I think I ignited like hatred in about half of our fan base. Um, <laughs> But no, I uh, I think my favorite part of The Last Jedi is the fact that the entire movie seems like this is the end of the, of the resistance mm-hmm. and their backs are against the wall. They're literally out of options and, um, and that's what it feels like for the, uh, for the Scoobies. Like mm-hmm. it feels like we're definitely in their darkest moments. Oh yeah. And, uh. Like, one could argue in the Star Wars universe, like, you know, Revenge of the Sith or Empire Strikes Back is the darkest moments. I mean, I'd say that Last Jedi is the darkest moment without them actually losing like yeah. they did in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, it, I, like, I like seeing our characters brought to that point because that can tend to, like, bring out some of the best moments yeah because you have to like overcome like the worst thing and i feel like in spite like everything that buffy's faced up to this point this truly is like probably her darkest hour oh i i'm right there with you and yeah there is something narratively very satisfying about bringing your hero yeah to like and remember this was meant as 
right the last three episodes <laughs> of Buffy so um there's something just very narratively satisfying about bringing your hero to like their lowest point um and then seeing them climb out of that hole um and you know we'll see how and if Buffy does but I mean by the end of this episode we see she is broken yeah I mean the woman Pro- probably um uh comic nerd coming out here probably the best example of that in comic books uh which is often uh people often refer to it as like kind of the best spider-man story is um spider-man's like uh fighting uh the master planner and um there's like one point where he does have a whole bunch of rubble fall on him and it's literally just like four or five pages of him trying to talk to himself and remember everything that he's fighting Mm. for and that like helps him uh, lift the rubble up. This was. I was going to say this. Yeah, is... this is this is a dir- directly inspiring the scene in Spider-Man: Homecoming, and uh, yeah, that's one of the reasons why that's probably my favorite of the Tom Holland movies. I I like. I mean, I was going to say because that scene in particular really stands out. Like mm-hmm. it's a very emotional scene. Um, back at uh, Giles's. Or not Giles, yeah. uh, Xander's, Xander's apartment. apartment. Interesting. Well, no. I, I was about to be like, I wonder why they went there, but... It's like the one place that Glory doesn't know yeah. that they are at. So, makes sense. Because remember, she's been to the magic shop. She walked <laughs> right in and bought shit that she needed. <laughs> I love that woman. Um, oh, it should be noted that uh, Ben uh, emerges from Glory after she's hit by the truck. Which is why uh, she does not pursue... We get to see uh, Ben wearing that uh, that dress that Gloria was rocking, but it's like a little little tattered, a little tattered now. Uh, uh, yeah, Gloria should really like invest in like some uh, uh, some some not like not necessarily like spandex, but like you know some 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 clothing that's going to uh, easily stretch and won't tear. When uh, when she she, she just, doubles her mass, I mean she just she just she, doesn't give a shit. She just loves showing off that body. She does. <coughs> I mean, listen, if you got it, it, it yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, body be banging. Um, Buffy body be banging Buffy across the across the building. Now that's some fan fiction. <laughs> um, Buffy basically explains that, you know, Dawn is telling the story, like, she's she's all about this. She's like, you should have seen her. She hell bitch in orbit, and she's like a truck hitter. And Dawn, she, Yeah, she, she also referenced uh, a lot of teen comedies of the time, such as Bring It On, <laughs> which has Claire Kramer in it. Yep. And, uh... Eliza Dushku. And Eliza Dushku. And, uh, She's All That, I think she said? Yeah, because she stood up and she's like, She's All That. And like, ha Amanda Bynes. <laughs> who's often confused with Michelle Trackenberg. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can see that. Um, they were both Nickelodeon stars mm-hmm. of a time. Um, uh, Anya is very impressed that Buffy threw a truck at <laughs> Glory. Uh, Anya's fucking hilarious in this episode. She's got... She wants them to drop a piano on her uh, because if it works for that, uh, <laughs> that the the deranged rabbit, the, yeah, the creepy cartoon rabbit who's always being who's like always harassing that nice man with the speech impediment. Yeah, so <laughs> it's very <laughs> Anya take. Yeah, um, 
I love Giles' response, like maybe we could just paint a convincing tunnel on the side of the mountain. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but Buffy's like, there's nothing we can fucking do. We, we can't fight her. We've thrown everything we've got at her, and we're lucky to be alive. Yeah, you can't stake her, you can't stab her, you can't pull out her uranium core. Shout out. Um, uh. But yeah, this is, yeah, this is like the worst thing that could have happened has happened. Mm-hmm. It's like, Gloria now knows that Dawn is the key, and Buffy kind of like has to face facts that they've never been able to. Mm-hmm put up a fight it's like they've they've only avoided being killed yeah the the closest any of them have come to successfully hurting glory was willow and even that was only for like a second Mm -hmm. so um so uh buffy's plan as uh anya puts it is to run away um and anya's all about it she's like yes i am this is a very sensible plan. Um, so, uh, and you know, and the funny thing is, like Xander is like, well, that's not what she means, is it? And Buffy's like, yeah, it's what I mean. And I think that just kind of shows one Buffy's kind of like, I, w- I don't want to say resignation. Mm-hmm. It's not resignation yet. Yeah, but I think. We have to, because, you know, Xander's always, like, you know, the first one to grab a grab an axe and be like, yes, let's go fight evil with Buffy. But what's different now is Buffy has to protect Dawn. Yeah. Like, she can't go charging into battle. Yeah. We've, and it's, this is not something we've seen Buffy ever do. Buffy doesn't run away. You know, she will make, okay, you know, she'll make tactical retreats and regroup if she needs to. Um, but we've never seen Buffy say, like, I can't fight this. Mm -hmm. I have, we just have to get away from it. Um, and I don't, I don't blame her, like, with everything that's been thrown at her. And yeah, I mean, she's right. Yeah, and Giles has to, you know, there are times, like, when Buffy gets, like, you know, kind of, like, panicky and stuff, and people are saying, like, oh, I don't know if, uh, if Buffy's really in the right headspace, but Giles says, like, she's been through so much. Yeah. And he does eventually say, like, he does tell her, like, you know, while he's got a gut wound, that, like, what you, what you did was right. Mm-hmm. You've, uh, we'll get to that scene. Yeah. Oh <laughs> we'll get to that scene. Uh, as they wait for Buffy, she arrives with Spike in a Winnebago. <laughs> More like a Winnebago. <laughs> oh, <rat. laughs> oh god um i love the winnebago i i just, like just from a television production thing it's smart it's something large enough that the entire cast can be in um and it gives them room to like do scenes that aren't stat just you know if they were in like a van or something it would just be everyone sitting mm-hmm. um so it helps you um, keep things, uh, keep these scenes from getting too static uh, in the Winnebago. But also, it's fun. It is fun. Um, I it always just makes me think of the episode of Frasier where they um, they take the Winnebago there in the Winnebago and they t- go to Canada and they have to like smuggle Daphne back in, <laughs> um, not realizing that like uh, back into the country. 
Um, oh, Dr. Crane, how are we going to get back in the Winnebago? <laughs> um, they, uh, Spike and Giles, uh, or Xander and Giles, I mean, are not particularly pleased to see Spike. Uh, but Buffy is like, nope, he's coming. I don't want to hear any bullshit from either of you about this. Yeah, because if, if she goes down, then he's like the only one who can last longer than just a couple seconds in a physical fight with Laura. Exactly. Um, and I pre- I appreciate Giles and Xander's feelings on the subject. I don't think they're necessarily wrong. Uh, Spike is untrustworthy. I mean, he's a, just he, a toxic man. He's just a toxic man. He is all the things that they say about him, but Buffy's also right. Like, he is uh he is useful mm-hmm. to them um uh they um uh back at glory's uh mansion uh ben talks to one of his, uh glory's minions uh a lady minion it's a it's glory's headquarters or the headglorders wow I just I don't have enough alcohol for this. Um, Back at HG. Um, ben talks to the minion basically about how he also this minion sounded ridiculously like Allison Hannigan. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember when I said that I saw you like pull up your computer and I thought you were actually looking to see who played. Oh, it. I did. I didn't recognize. I mean, like okay. I recognized some credits that she had, but not. It wasn't anything that I was like, oh, her. It, it just would have been funny if like Willow, if uh, Allison Hannigan was like, you know, Willow hasn't done too much this season. <laughs> Can I like just throw on some makeup and be uh, be a minion for Glory because they got great lines. <laughs> This one actually like gets a little bent thirsty. She does. She's like, ooh, ooh, your little glory is trapped in this so so handsome body. Oh, the drawstring pants. Um, I, she is right though. I I don't know what it is, but scrubs are like the sexiest outfit. So you you want scrubs? Yes. Okay. Don't tell TLC, but. Um, you know I'm on a you know I'm on like a daily chat with them. <laughs> um I uh but we get this great chat from Ben to this minion about how basically, you know, he's stuck with glory. Um he's not he's you know, he's never been able to have his own life because he's tied to her and uh so... and then he'll die when she goes when like she gets the key, apparently. So th- they said it the Knights of Byzantium later said Gregor later says that like it was um like she Glory went into the body of an unborn child. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that like Glory has been around for all of Ben's life? Yeah, I think so. Okay, and she just now like uh I guess maybe she detected the like the presence of the key with um like when the monks use their spell or something and now that's why all of a sudden she's here maybe it's it's very vague and i don't know that the show ever well I, like we know for sure that yeah ben and glory have been one and the same since his birth so probably about let's see he's like, out of medical, out of medical school. school so he is quite the uh quite the student we're talking like 26 or 27 okay. i'd say that he 
probably looks around like maybe 30, 31. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what we don't know is when Glory first started emerging from Ben. Mm-hmm. Was that something that happened in childhood? Was that something, is that something that's more recent? It does seem like evidence we've seen recently is that she's taking control for longer and longer periods of time. So maybe before it was like 90-10 and Ben was in control most of the time. And just, yeah, she's gotten more powerful. Um, But yeah, we never really get like a, a, like... We don't get a complete Glorigen story. Well, we know that Glory was emerging before Dawn became, or the key became Dawn, because she's the one, like, going after the monks when they are transforming her. But yeah. Yeah, I'd like, I would like to hear that. And Ben does seem, like, fairly aware that this is happening. It's just like, ugh, not again. Fuck this shit. Um, So, um, he... Yeah, I just I, I feel I feel for the guy. Um, I yeah, this fucking sucks for like I you know. Um, but Are there any like uh, queer interpretations here? Um, maybe not like necessarily intentioned by the writer. Oh, but, certainly nothing yeah. that was intentional. I I oh. I can imagine that someone smarter uh, and more educated on the subject than I am uh, could could talk about the Ben Glory dynamic and how that might relate to like a trans experience. experience. I'm not saying it would be necessarily a positive reading of the situation, but I think there's probably something that. Um, but I don't. I don't know what that would be. Mm. Um, but. Um, and that is the thing with these sorts of narratives when you're dealing with um, stuff that is magic, but also kind of like has certain applications in real life too. It's like, oh, this, that can get dicey sometimes. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's an interesting thought. It's just one that I don't, I'm certainly not prepared to like. Um, Expound upon. Yeah. Um, they... Uh, the Knights of Byzantium. They Remember show those up, guys? Yeah. We <laughs> haven't seen them in a hot minute. They show up at the hospital to uh, get uh, Orlando. Orlando, who was brain sucked. Speaking of uh, references to uh, to uh, queer queer stories. Oh, see, I was I was like, wait, queer stories? Because I was thinking of one of the characters in As You Like It. Uh, no, no, is no, named no. Orlando, so I was going like Shakespeare. No, I you went Virginia Woolf. Orlando. Yeah. Um, um, or uh, Orlando Bloom, uh, who's not queer to my knowledge, but he is hot. Um, so, and that's all that really matters. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, guys yeah. and girls and anybody else, beauty is only skin deep. But it also is the only thing that matters. <laughs> I don't care if you're a good person. <laughs> Shut the fuck up and just be hot. <laughs> um, I got people. 
people who listen to this must have like a very specific image of me and like what my like moral center is which is really not accurate like no i actually feel like i'm i'm actually quite like i have a pretty strong moral core no you are it's just it's just like you really enjoy making people think that you don't (laughs) (laughs) um which is funny (laughs) i'm a really good person who really loves to gaslight people into believing that i'm a bad person (laughs) it feels like such a like a reddit am i the asshole like sort of like i mean in your case probably (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah they check out uh check orlando out from the psych ward uh there's a bit of a fake out where uh the nurse is like hey wait a minute he's he like he's like got his hand on like his sword yeah the, the, his gu- coat. yeah, yeah the like, guy um oh what, what are their names i feel like we got their names i know the general's name is gregor yeah um uh, dante dante is probably yeah uh, the like the main one since he has a name the one who isn't dante it, he's the one who's got like his uh he's got his sleeve knife ready yeah god these fuck Can, they have no goddamn chill <laughs> they they go from zero to kill the little girl without no they never even start at zero they start <laughs> and kill the little girl like and whenever whenever anyone's just like hey Let's think about some other solutions. Gregor's like, no. Well, um, I'm not going to say that people saying that they're doing God's work are actually just saying that so they can have an excuse to do whatever the hell they want, especially if it's a bad thing. But if the, if the tabard with the cross on it fits, you know, we're not going to say it, but, um, (laughs) So, um... Crusades were awful. They, yeah. The, uh... Listening to, uh... Uh, Orlando's babbling, he puts the pieces together that... The Slayer has the uh, key and it's a girl. It's a little girl! Who could it be? It's Dawn. Who could it be now? Um... Back in the RV, uh, Giles is driving now. Um, it should be noted that this Winnebago fucking sucks. I can barely go, like, 50 miles an hour. Um, and Spike's still yelling at him to, like, you know, floor it. And yeah. he's like, there's nothing to floor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and uh, Xander has some motion sickness. Um, and he and Giles have a really nice conversation about just how Buffy's doing and how, um, you know, she's going through it as we've talked about. Um, but she's, you know, she's still doing, you know, making the right calls. Um, Dawn goes and actually there's one moment. Um, it's, it's a small moment, but, but I've always really liked it. Um, Tara opens up the blinds. She's just kind of like fiddling with everything. Yeah. And uh, Spike, you know, gets gets some sunburn, mm-hmm. uh, and it's there's just a nice moment where Willow apologizes to Spike, and Spike is just like he's just like, don't worry about it, it's fine. Like, um, and there's a part of me that realizes that he's on thin ice with everybody. <laughs> well, so very much that. Um, 
I feel like, though, too, part of it is Xander, sort of Spike has, does not have the contentious relationship with Willow that he has with, like, Xander. And I don't know, maybe there's a, also, also a little bit of like empathy we... because of his past with Drusilla. Maybe. I think he's like, um, yeah, I get it. I, I, I like I like that interpretation. I, I, and I also think, like, we're very much getting Spike is now kind of fully on, yeah. like, the Scoobies. Uh, if, like, they they haven't reached, like, a moment of that. And it feels then, like this is it. Yeah. And you almost forgot about Anya bringing snacks. Anya brought snacks. She And by brought snacks, she means a frying pan and a can of Spam. Yeah. Which she calls fried meat product, which is about the most accurate description I can think of. That's, by the way, that stuff is super expensive at the moment, like... Really? That, yeah, that is like... Like in our real life? Yeah. Huh. Because like, you know how people have been talking about how like inflation has been hitting everything? Mm-hmm. That seems to be like one of the things that they always bring up. How like cans of Spam are incredibly hard to find and when you do find them, they're like they're like 120% higher than they were like a few wow. months ago. And I'm like, wow, people are really going for the Spam. That is so weird. I've bought Spam exactly once in my life. And it was those cans of Spam when we did Spam a lot. Oh, you bought those? I bought, yeah. I guess that makes sense because you were a pro. I, so. Yeah. The ones that we uh, we used as the prize for whoever was sitting in the seat where the uh, the the grail was the, the, the grail was under. Yes. Because um, it was perfect because when I found, we had the idea to, that it was Spam and like a ribbon, like a blue ribbon. And when I, and I was going to buy them because, yeah, I worked at Kroger's. Um, but they had... <laughs> The cans also had like little knights on them. Like when I went to buy yeah. them, I saw the knights. I was like, "Holy shit, this is like this is perfect." perfect. Um, and do you remember too um, how we had to like? I don't remember what the solution was. But we had to like bend over backwards to figure out how to do um, how to pick which seat because in the script for Spam a lot. So for listeners who don't know, when they find the Grail at the end of the show, it's literally under an audience member's seat, and mm-hmm. it's like a whole to do um and the script gives you like six different possibilities uh depending on like the size of your theater or how the seating is numbered and stuff and our theater didn't match any of the possible options that they gave us so we had to like i'm pretty sure we went with the aioli one because i feel like aioli i remember that being a thing but we had to really like uh, like fiddle with it to like make I, it work. The only thing I remember about that scene is that <laughs> we were like two days from opening and realized that we hadn't actually done that song. <laughs> and, and like and the and and they started like uh, playing the music and we we're just like oh, <laughs> like how do you all not know this song we've never done it in rehearsal never. because all of the grail stuff was saved up to when we actually had the prop yeah so <laughs> oh my gosh that um that and legally blonde are without a doubt my two favorite theater experiences of all time yeah those are great shows yeah um because Spamalot was just like, hey, let's let's just try to make everybody laugh. Spamalot was also great for me because it was like the one time that I wasn't being cast as a sexual predator and got to be like 
a good guy. You also got to like uh, be the uh, character who finds out that he's gay. I indeed, and I was very good at it. <laughs> I already had a head start on my character. <laughs> um, anyhoozle, um, Don goes back to where Buffy's kind of isolated herself in the back. This is and... my favorite scene of the episode. Oh, it's such a good scene because um, it... I love that. Um, you know, at first Dawn's like gonna be like, "Oh, hey, uh, Anya's about to cook, so that's gonna be a disaster." <laughs> um, but uh, no, I love that she just says like, uh, "Thanks," and she's like, "What for everything?" And you know, it's it's one of those things that we often forget about that, like you know, Buffy rarely gets thanked mm-hmm. for what she does. I mean, you remember, like, uh, the prom episode, like, how big of a moment that was, God, that, like, that was, in a a season full of amazing moments, season three, like, that stands out as one of my favorite moments in the series, because it's like, you, you work so hard, and, um, like, if you, if you're in, like, a position where you're working hard, and at anything a lot of times that work can go unnoticed a lot of times people don't see us like suffering mm-hmm. um because you know we try to like just put on like the smile and keep going and to get like that moment of appreciation and the fact that like you know dawn's kind of like had this moment where she's she says oh i mean you know thanks for everything it's this is like what you've done and Buffy keeps trying to, like, you know, drag herself down. Like, yeah. you know, I'm running. And she's like, you know, what you've done is, like, the greatest thing that anybody's ever done for me. Which, you know, is true because not a lot of people have had time to do so. <laughs> she was like, this is the, the the best thing. I guess number two is the monks for making me. Oh. <laughs> like, that guy who made that, like, uh, awesome sandwich. Yeah. Uh, oh, Sylvan tried our... Uh, oh, that's right. Sylvan tried our peanut butter, uh, peanut butter salami chocolate syrup sandwich. Is yeah. that what it was? Which uh, John is... John was furious at me. <laughs> Not furious, but I, I texted him about it, and he literally went... He just said, no. <laughs> no, it's like I mean, he's not gonna eat it. We're, we're, not, we're um, not forcing him to eat it. Listen, no matter what the outcome is, we tell him it was delicious. <laughs> I feel like we have to do this on on a podcast episode. Oh yeah, even though it'll like have the mastication noises <laughs> when we try. You don't like those? Oh gosh. Do you not like the word? Or do you not like the noises? The noises. Mastication. The word does not bother me. In fact, I think it's a word we should use more often. Fantastic word. Um, no, I. You know, I like. Um, so one of the podcasts that I listen to is the Friendship Onion, starring uh, Billy Boyd and Don Monahan from the Lord of the Rings movies, and uh, they actually have a segment where uh, called Billy and Dom Meet the World, and they like try something from you know somewhere in the United States or somewhere in a different part of the world. And uh, you just try the food or a drink or whatever. And uh, yeah, it's funny because they were talking about how the uh, the audience is split. Some people hate their like chewing noises mm-hmm. and some people are like, nah, I mean, it kind of like just shows that you're actually eating it. And I'm like, it doesn't bother me. That's not a thing that bothers me. Uh, it bothers me so much. I, I, and there's like, there is an early episode where that happened. I don't remember if it was me or Tyler, one of us was eating popcorn. I just remember in the edit being like, like, it, I didn't know how much I was going to hate well, see, it. see, but that's like, 
if he was doing it throughout, that would be like <laughs> I can understand that would be annoying. Um, but like if it's for if, if it's, it's specifically for like a segment for that doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah, okay. that wouldn't bother me. Um, I might like take my head bot earpiece. There's something about it in like being in my ears. Like if I was just listening to it like on like a speaker. Probably wouldn't bother me as much. See, and there are like some people that love the shit out of that ASMR. Oh, I can't stuff. stand ASMR. <laughs> I it, it like legitimately gives me the creeps. It, it was um, it, it was a strange thing when uh when it like first started like popping up on YouTube videos and stuff, and I'm like, I don't I don't get it. I mean, yeah. I guess there's some people that like it. it. Doesn't really bother me that much. It's well, that's the thing. I, I, I see the appeal for some people because I know a lot of people do find it very relaxing. But it does the exact opposite for me. It, like, sends my anxiety, like, through the roof. I don't gotcha. I don't know. But, of course, you know, what I find relaxing is, like, finding the most violent horror movie possible. And, like, you know and I'm what, just like, ah, oh, yeah. You know what's weird? I'm, like, trying to think of something like that that, um that really like uh you know i don't like mm-hmm. like just random little things and i can't think of anything i don't know if that makes me like incredibly dull or what but well now you've it, just made it my life's mission to find out what it is it's like you you annoy me but you don't cause me anxiety thank you um yeah like it's really just like stressful situations at work and you know personal life that are the real like anxiety cause mm-hmm. but it's nothing like uh oh hearing chewing noises so, yeah throws me off my other weird one and this one isn't so bad i just don't like it is um filing nails like i when someone uses like a nail like, file okay when anybody uses a nail file it's i can stand it when like someone else is doing it but if i ever have to do it for whatever reason if i have to do it it's like because my nail stunts on the real funky and like clippers aren't gonna mm-hmm work i can't stand it like the the sensation of a file like scraping away part of my nail i i i, I fucking hate it like um anyway weird section of things that gives harrison anxiety um, hey, i mean like you know like the, the the listeners can listen to any podcast <laughs> like they come back for us so we're telling them you know our our anxieties yeah. and our fears and our stories. I'm just like I'm just like gonna get like a video. Someone's gonna send me of someone whose AMSR is all chewing and filing nails. You can find us at <laughs> boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out A and So Don thanks Buffy, and Buffy basically is just like, you don't get it, Don. I ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trash. <laughs> um, but she does. She has this. She has the time where she's just like it's just all you know. Glory, Riley, Tara, Mom. It's all piling she has on. Mom, for last. mom is last. I like. I appreciate the Tara's in there because um, obviously, even though that's something that if well, it affects Tara the most, but Willow, uh, kind of second most. It, I appreciate that Buffy still. You know, it feels that responsibility well, there too. I mean, and Buffy and Buffy and Dawn, among other things, have the whole "this is on me," yeah, uh, the the self blaming thing. Mm-hmm. Like they, 
That that if if nothing else, that clearly shows that Dawn is a summer. Oh yeah. Well, and of course, but from Dawn's perspective, it's very much um, you know this is happening because of me. People are doing this on my behalf, and from Buff, Buffy's perspective, it's I couldn't prevent this bad thing from happening to my mom, to my friend, um, to my sister now, and um, and while that's not a healthy mindset to be in. It's certainly an understandable one, yeah. and I—I I mean, I get why well, Buffy's I mean, yeah, feeling yeah, what yeah, she I mean, is. Yeah, I mean, she's like spent, she's spent like the better part of her teenage years being said like, "Hey, you're the chosen one. You have to, you have to like learn how to fight with Donald Sutherland so that you can kill <laughs> Rutger Hauer." Yeah. Um, Don tries to comfort Buffy by telling her, "Well, at least things can't get any crazier." Don, I, I, I love like when the when the arrow goes through the like goes through the Winnebago rear um, that uh, Buffy and Mia says like, this is this is because you said that this is your fault. <laughs> <is> your fault. <laughs> nice little moment of levity there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the Knights of Byzantium have caught up with our gang. They are on horseback. Uh, Tara, uh, Tara, and I vibing. She's like horses. I am very, I, I am that person, that really annoying person who if I see horses or cows while I'm in a car, I will say horsies or cows. It's true. Like we've, we've <laughs> driven out to John's parents who live in, uh, who live in like the more rural part of Kentucky. So, uh, I've seen it happen. Yeah. Uh, every time, every time. <laughs> and it's not, and it's like, it's not, I'm not doing it to be annoying. I'm doing it because I get genuinely excited. Um, I do the same with dogs, except I always say puppy. Uh, cats, eh. Uh, you don't really see... It's that... true, you're not seeing a lot of cats when you're... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're normally, like, kind of trying to, like, run away. <laughs> um, so, uh, what we get is... If, uh, an action sequence that is equal parts very silly and very fun... Mm-hmm. I love this. Like, it, it, on paper, like, Win- Winnebago, Buffy fights on top of a Winnebago against, like, knights who are on horseback. Sounds stupid. And it is. But, I love it. I, I mean, really do love it. I mean, just, like, kind of outline the series. There. Right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's I, I, I still don't like the knights. But, like, you know, I think they are dumb. But at least here, like, this it, it's is cool. A, it's a cool battle sequence because, like, she has to, she has to, like, go onto the roof to, uh, like, just fight these soldiers, like, hand-to-hand combat. Um, I like the, uh, all the arrows coming in. Mm-hmm. Um, it really gives, like, that kind of claustrophobic feel. Yeah. Um, and uh, that, that really works in a, that really works in a battle for me. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to think like if I'm I feel like I used to be mildly claustrophobic um, but not really too much anymore okay uh, but now it's just like oh it works for me <laughs> yeah kind of like the uh, the hallway fight in Daredevil oh yeah um, it's like because you're limited on your space mm-hmm. I mean Buffy's limited on her space because she only has the roof to fight these guys and honestly I feel like she really just should have wrecked their shit these are just she, guys she does uh, yeah, I feel like if she were on stable ground, like, 
They, but, yeah, that one, guy, one guy does get an axe to the chest. Yeah, Buffy straight up kills a dude. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess we don't know that he died, but seems unlikely. I'm guessing he died. Um, ten pe- ten oh, knights yeah. of Byzantium do, in total do die. Yeah. Some of them are probably the ones that Giles ran over. Because yeah. um, Willis like, don't hit the horses. And Buffy's like, don't worry, we won't. Aim for the horses. <laughs> Which, as much as I love horses. She's right. That is the strategy you go for there. The, when it's horse versus Winnebago, Winnebago wins. Um, there's also a moment where um, Spike, uh, who has already uh, injured his hands from uh, when Tara had uh, shined the light in, he grabs the sword that the knight on top is like stabbing through the top of the Winnebago and like holds onto it while Buffy like makes her way up there. Um, That'd be a good time for a hero thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wish he'd held on to it just a little bit longer. She could have like get like at least a hit in before. Um, but yeah, you know what? Why don't you try holding on to a sword that fair, somebody's trying to pull out? Fair enough. Fair enough. Jeez, Mister um, <laughs> Criticism yeah. over here. But yeah, just all in all, this is a great fight scene. And yeah, you're right. The the setting. The unique setting of it really forces the them to be creative. Anya gets to use her frying pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, love that. Just like Entangled. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, she knocks a guy who's like on horseback. Like, that's that's Tangled. I uh, frying pans. Who uh, knew? Anya. Anya has magic hair. Also, I mean, have you guys like? I don't think I don't know if this is a cast iron. Have you guys ever like held a cast iron skillet? They're fucking that, heavy. Yeah, no, that thing can. That thing is a weapon. You could like give somebody. I don't know if like you could flat out kill somebody. I think you could kill. You someone. probably could. Yeah, if you if you swung it hard enough. Yeah. I mean, even if you just got like a mild swing in there, you could cause a concussion. So what you're saying is that um, on Rapunzel and Flynn Riders. Uh, delightful journey. They're just leaving a string of bodies. Oh, a trail of bodies in their wake. Absolutely. <laughs> there may even be like a couple bodies like like tangled up in her hair. <laughs> you know that hair got dirty. Oh my gosh. Um, my favorite part of that movie is they're like that's uh, when they're trapped and she's like I have magic hair. And he's like, what? <laughs> I just like that movie. Anyway. Um, I love that movie. The uh, the fight comes to an end when uh, one of the knights chucks a fucking spear through the front windshield. Uh, it hits Giles. He, uh, the RV, the Winnebago, veers off uh, the side of the road. and Buffy falls off. Buffy falls off. Uh, probably, well, no, definitely, by being in that position, sustains less damage than the people inside, because mm-hmm. that sucker flips. Um, quite frankly, they're lucky that no one died, like, from that flip, I and mean, that, that shit's dangerous. Um, nearby, there is, um, a, an abandoned gas station, which, according to the wiki, is called Four Aces. Or, for those of you um, in Europe, a petrol station. Yes. Um, they uh, they get inside uh, where they are surrounded by more knights. Spike is the most eager one to get inside. Yes. It is still daylight. Yeah. A lot of daylight in this episode, mm-hmm. um, which is fun. Um, 
And uh, I'm pretty sure we get at least one shot of Sarah on top of the Vago in a... In future season openers. Oh yes, yep. I believe so. It's where she. It's it's when she's like. Hell yeah. She she does like twirl in the sword. Hell yeah. Yeah. I thought for a second you were saying we get like one shot of Sarah on top of the Winnebago before it switches over to the stunt double, and I was like, maybe it's very well. It's actually very noticeable when she does the sword like thing. It's like. Yeah, get the shot of Sarah with the sword. Have her do something cool that, you know, she can do without hurting herself. And then when we cut to the long shot of the actual fight, we're in stunt double territory again. Which is, like, like, we we laugh about spotting the stunt double. But stunt doubles are incredible, incredibly talented people. Absolutely. Who work really hard. um, And should be given more credit than than, than they're given. I actually... um... In uh, in the Netflix series Love, you know, I'm just all about these pop culture references <laughs> today. In the Netflix series Love, there is a really great arc with um one of uh with one of like the main care. I'm it's been a while since I've watched it, and I don't remember anybody's names. Um, but uh, one of the main characters' friends is, is that like the one with um. It's got uh, uh Gillian Br- Jacobs. In yes, it. that was like yeah. Britta. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, the her like her love interest, one of his best friends, uh, spend like he's got an arc in uh, season two or three, um, where he's like he's an aspiring stunt actor, mm. and um, it's not really like you know that's not something that you see covered in fiction that much. Yeah. It's like oh you've got your actors, your aspiring actors, but not a lot of aspiring stunt actors. And I love that um, he has a big break. And his big break is the Waterworld stunt show at um, Universal Studios Hollywood. And uh, if you've never been, first of all, I know people hear the word Waterworld and think, oh my God, that horrible movie. <laughs> that movie's a travesty. But uh, And I remember um, when I went to Universal Studios Hollywood, I wanted to, I wanted to see it to like, you know, make fun of Waterworld. Turns out that was one of my favorite parts because yeah. it was a fantastic stunt show and i like and i'm so happy that i saw that before i saw love because i got the context of that like that would be a huge break in the stunt world yeah stunt shows are really cool like um um the one we saw uh when we went to the ren fair last year Mm -hmm. uh which had a friend of ours in it uh shout out to tony um and he's uh, do you do you follow him on Instagram? I do. Um, because he shares a lot of videos of like uh, of those stuff and like how they do the those sorts of things, and it's so cool. Yeah, he talks about like the workshops where he gets set on fire. Yeah, that one was really cool. Mm-hmm. I I was stressed watching it. I was like, it's really cool, but I, I also um, not for, for me. Also for you, uh, for you Louisville, Kentucky re- uh, uh, residents, uh, way back when um, we had uh, way back when we had like. I think in the original iteration of Kentucky Kingdom, maybe right before, in the early days of them being bought by Six Legs, there was a Batman stunt show oh. in um, in that amphitheater mm-hmm. in the uh, back park next to T two. Um, that was uh, that was fun. I always wanted to go see that, even though like you know it was the same thing every time, but it yeah. was cool. Yeah, it's those are so cool. And yeah, and I like I feel that I've only appre- I've only come to appreciate those more mm-hmm. because you know when you get older. Or at least, like, I feel like I have, um, when I watch movies and TV shows, I not only enjoy what I'm seeing, but I also, like, in the back of my head and sometimes in the front of my head, I think, 
oh, how do they do that? Like yeah. I think about I think about lighting and camera work, cinematography, and stunts, and just like man, how do they can do that? Yeah, yeah, I I love I I love that. Um, so yes, shout out to your to your local stunt performers. They're good people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure not all of them are. I'm sure some of them are bad people, just like in any profession. But shout out um, to the craft and those yeah, who practice it. Exactly. Um, uh, inside the uh, the four the four aces, apparently, um, the Willow is able to put up a uh, a force field around them, uh, but not before they capture Gregor. Gregor, I don't know why I said Gregor. Um, Gregor and um, uh, and Buffy uh, uh, Buffy fights off some others who are trying to get in whilst Willow is doing the spell. Uh, Tara starts freaking out again. And uh, they do show that um, when Tara has her freak out, mm-hmm. at the same time, all of those patients that were all those victims of glory that are in the psych- psychiatric ward at Sunnydale Hospital are having those same freakouts. Yes. Like, same words and everything. Same. And in this case, it is, it's time. Uh, Will, or Tara tries to get out of the, uh, of the gas station. The, um, the patients at the hospital successfully, uh, just <laughs> rip their fucking restraints off and bash in that poor nurse's oh. head. Poor thing. She's just trying to take care of them. Yeah. Um, and they escape the hospital. And, uh, Orlando... Also attempts to leave, uh, but not before Dante just puts him down like a dog. Like Jesus. I have to say, um, obviously that's intense, but I like I I love just the dot. I love just what he says. It's like, oh, the the beast may have gotten your brain, but I will not let her get a taste of your heart, and then kills him. Yeah, and like, you know, I mean. I can't, I can't agree with what he did. It's <laughs> so badass, just how poetic he is. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with his actions, but I do like his style. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I feel like that's been this whole season of us and Glory. It's like we definitely don't agree with what she's doing, but, but how she she's really good doing, <laughs> she's really good doing it. Um, and uh, when Willow does put up her barrier. Uh, the Knights of Byzantium, they have a way to take it down. They bring out some clerics because clerics. this is legit now a D&D party. Oh my god, these fucking guys. The, the ones just like, oh, the witch's power is nothing compared to that of our lord. <laughs> Fuck off, dude. <laughs> Willow would eat your god and shit it out. <laughs> uh, damn son <laughs> um, oh we also see uh the return of willow's uh completely black eyes when mm-hmm. she puts up the force field it's not interesting um kind of like those completely black eyes that she has on her funko pop oh yeah but then again most All of the funko, funko pops, pops have that with fun exceptions like vision from uh, the Avengers, he's okay. got the blue eyes. That makes or, sense. Or the gold eyes, I think. Um, Data has gold eyes. Like yeah. literally, all the other TNG, uh, TNG like a uh, crew has the black eyes, mm-hmm. but Data has the gold eyes, and I always appreciated that. Yeah, I feel like if it's like if there's something with their eyes is very specific to their character design, then that should be reflected. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, yeah, just the 
generic eyes. Is there a Seven of Nine Funko Pop? There is not as far as I know. Um, they did like an original series release and then they did a second set of them, which I got all the original sets. I uh, didn't get any of the newer ones, even though they had a Gorn in there and I kind of wanted it. <laughs> and they had Khan. Um, but uh, they, and then they did a TNG set and I believe they did Discovery. Or at least they had Michael Burnham and Saru. Okay. Um, oh, a Saru Funko Pop would be fun. Oh, yeah. I like Saru. It very, very much reminds me of uh, the Garrus Funko Pop from uh, Mass Effect, which I never got, but I, it probably is, like, super expensive. <laughs> yeah, right. Some of those. Um, did, did I ever tell you that... Uh, so, I have only played a little bit of Mass Effect. Um, it, it For those of you who don't know, it's like a sci-fi RPG tri- mm. uh, trilogy. Uh, it's widely regarded as one of like the best gaming experiences ever because you can like uh, you customize your character and not only that but you can like uh, your you make choices throughout the narrative and those choices carry over as you advance through the games mm-hmm. and uh, they like what you do in one game affects something that happens in the later game like, oh, if you interesting. get if you get like a part if one of your actions gets a party member killed then that party member isn't going to be available but in another playthrough, you could save that party member, and another party member could get killed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I want to do what is called a fem shep because your main character is Commander Shepard, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, you can be either male or female. Um, I I don't know. I, I don't think they have any non-binary options. So sorry, guys. Um, but. Uh, I want to be like a fem chef because there is like an alien character called Garrus who is like, um, he's got like a, a predator like face, but mm-hmm. not like completely horrifying. He's got like, <laughs> he's got like the little, um, extensions and stuff like that. What's uh, it called? Garrus? Garrus. G-A-R-R-U-S. Um, and, uh, you know, like every other inch of him is like completely hot. This dude? Yes. Uh, so, and of course... With um, yeah, that's pretty cool. With uh, with a ch- with a game of choices like that, you also get to romance Ooh. characters. So I want my red-haired femship to get busy with Garrus. All right, like, that is that like I'll enjoy the rest of the story. I'm sure because <laughs> I love I love me some sci-fi stories, but. That is my main goal, too. Yeah, I am going to romance the hell out of that insect man. Nice. Nice. (laughs) Uh, Story of my life. (laughs) Um, uh, Back in the four aces, um, Xander and Spike, uh, after Xander helps Spike uh, light his cigarette, because his hands are all fucked up. Which... You know, it's a nice kind of like... Oh, it's like a bro moment. Yeah, and like, uh, you know, maybe it's a... We're okay. Like, still don't like the shit that you do, but maybe we're kind of like back to where we were. We are just kind of like, oh, I hate you, I hate you. Yeah. Um, and Spike's like, basically just like, you know, should get out, you know, you all should go. Just leave the three of us, me, Buffy, and Dawn. We'll, pro- you know, we'll protect her... We don't, you know, before you all get killed. And Buffy's like, Buffy shows up and she's like, ain't nobody fucking dying on my watch, motherfuckers. Um, uh, 
she uh, talks to Gregor, who reveals that um, he explains. He gives us the Glorigen story. The Glorigen story, yes. The glory was uh, a, one of three gods who ruled over a horrible hell dimension. Um, she became uh, more and more powerful and Little was eventually... Too big for riches. Yep. Uh, she was eventually um, banished into our realm by the other two after a horrible war. Um, and she was imprisoned in the body of a... Um, of a uh, newborn uh, male child ben and that turn. is her been turned that is her only weakness uh so put that in your pocket because if they kill the man they kill the they god. kill the god uh and he's like and we don't know who that dude is that was very helpful information yeah. he also um reveals like what exactly the key is for yep because Glory's using the key to get back to her dimension, which Buffy at first is like, Glory just wants to get home. It's like, if Glory uses the key, all the doorways to all realities open and reality would basically like collapse on itself. Yeah. So, Not good. You know, your basic apocalypse. <laughs> we, we've been there. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> uh, actually, quite cool. Yeah. Um, and, uh... I mean, when you have to churn out um, as many apocalypses as this show does, it's nice to see a fresh take on it. Yeah! Like, um, yeah, you got, you got your, like, demon statues that open up hell portals. Here's, like, a... Here's a mystical, mystical object in the form of a little girl that can open up and collapse reality. Yeah, you've got that weird tentacle monster that comes out of the hell mouth when you mm-hmm. open it. Um, love that guy. Um, yeah, giant snake man. <laughs> yeah. Um, Giles, uh, his injuries are really bad. Um, the gang does not have what they need uh, to help him. Um, if they don't get him serious medical attention, he is going to die. So, but luckily, they know somebody who can give him serious medical attention. They know a guy. They convince the. Uh, um, the Knights of Byzantium. The Knights to allow um, a medic to come through, whoever they call. Um, it, it, it's funny, it's Xander who convinces them because when they initially say no, and Buffy's about to start knocking heads, and Xander's like, let's take a different tack. Xander references a lot of Sergeant Rock, by the way. I don't um, know what that is. This is Can a you explain? Comic book character. Okay. There's a DC Comics character. There is. Um, uh, there is like when DC was in full multiverse mode, mm-hmm. um, there was a uh, there was a Earth where um, that did focus on Sergeant Rock. Um, let me uh, let me pull up some more accurate information. <laughs> He's a World War II so- soldier, um, and he does have powers and abilities. Well. He's a crack shot, able to shoot down several German fire planes with a single submachine gun, able wow. to throw hand grenades with amazing accuracy, highly effective close combat fighter, um, kind of like uh, Captain America during the war, mm-hmm. during like World War II. Um, but yeah, he's always kind of just been known as like, you know, the commando. Okay. Um, Sounds like he's also got a bit of, um, what's his name, Deadshot? Is that the... 
Maybe. Is that the guy who, like, Will Smith's character in Suicide Squad? Yes, that is Will Smith's character in Suicide Squad. Because isn't his thing, too, is that he's, like, a crack shot? Yeah, and I believe he's ex-military as well. Yeah. Um, Interesting. But yeah, uh, yeah, Sergeant Rock, um, like, you know, the original Nick Fury stories were Nick Fury Fury and his Howling Commandos, and I believe those were kind of created in response to Sergeant Rock. Mm. Or maybe it's the other way around. I know people get really pissed off about that, but Sergeant Rock is a DC Comics character. Cool. Well, this uh, apparently is where Xander has gotten his military knowledge, not and, the know, military knowledge that yeah, he got and, before. Know, that soldier boy, <laughs> soldier boy knowledge. Um, but yeah, they are successfully able to appeal to their sense of honor, um, uh, and uh, yeah, they call up Ben uh, after Willow magics the uh, the payphone alive again. Uh, there's a great moment where Spike's just like, oh, it's a nifty trick. Why don't you come? I've got a squeaky door in my crypt. Can you? And before he even finishes his sentence, Willow just walks away. All right. uh, Ben arrives. uh, And he's... I know it's, it's just funny to me because we know that Ben has more knowledge than the Scoobies realize that he has. But he's just, like, so unfazed by all... Like, like walks past, like, a billion knights. It's like, oh, you, you didn't tell me about, like... Uh, <laughs> you didn't tell me that I was gonna, like, go through that cosplay convention. Right? She's, <laughs> if I were Buffy, I'd be like, why aren't you asking more questions? But obviously, she's got other things on her mind. Well, um, I mean, Ben has had some... He's been there for, like, confrontations that they've had with other things, correct? I don't think so. Or or have those confrontations just been glory? And, like, obviously he wasn't there for those. Because, right. Or... The only... Like, the closest would be when he morphed into glory in front of Dawn when she was at the hospital okay. after finding out that she was the key. But also, important, Dawn doesn't remember that. Important thing to say that Gregor did mention was that the reason that Glory is able to come out is because, you know, her power couldn't be contained. Yes. And um, so we, we're seeing a nerfed Glory is what right? we're hearing. Yeah. And, uh, but she does need to recharge and turn back into Benter. Yeah. It is like... Yeah, like the idea that this is depowered glory, <laughs> fucking hell. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, uh, Giles, uh, Ben is able to stabilize Giles, uh, but not before a bit of a tense moment where, um, uh, it's, it's mentioned earlier when Ben is talking to the minion that, um, you know, once Glory uses the key for her purpose, he'll basically be dead. Um, but there's a possibility that if, you know, something happened to Dawn and she can't use the key, that he might be able to... Go on go Go on being him and possibly even gain complete control. control over the body. Which is, I mean... I feel like no one could say that if they were in the situation, they might not be tempted to do something pretty mm-hmm. gross. Um, and there is a moment that's pretty tense where it looks like he might do something yeah, he to Dawn. A, um, he fills a syringe with something, and we uh, and the music is rising. Dawn's not looking. Ben's got a little bit of a menacing look on his face, but 
it's something for Giles yeah. to help him stay alive. <laughs> it's played well because sometimes when you do stuff like that, you know, you, that kind of bait and switch. Like upon rewatch, it's like, okay, well, why is he acting so menacing? Like, why is he saying this weird, creepy thing if he's not going to do something gross? But I, I think I think Charlie Weber plays it well. The, like pretty neutrally and the um and the blocking is done pretty neutrally and it just lets the score do the heavy lifting mm-hmm. um and that it worked for me yep um he uh don goes on uh basically another like this is all my fault people get keep getting hurt because of me and uh then gives her a little pep talk uh he's like it's not your fault little buddy it's mine. <laughs> um, however, he uh, he senses glory about to uh, take control. Uh, he starts freaking out, asking so to be let out. Get me out of here. And um, glory sees. Yeah, Willow's about to take like open a door for him, but before he can do that, or before she can do that, he morphs. It's morphin' time. It's morphin' time. <laughs> what what are they the uh I've just, I've just got this image of Ben holding out a morpher and just yelling, <laughs> It's just like a picture of Claire Kramer, like <laughs> <laughs> like her headshot. <laughs> I love that you did that photo. Killed me. <laughs> um. I don't know why I did that because we've never seen Glory do anything <laughs> like that. I for listeners, I did like a little like head tilt with like my hand like a like my fist under my chin with like a grin. We've never seen Glory do that. Um she uses her fists for other things. Um Giggity. Glory's like sees all of them there and she's like, hot dog! And <laughs> did something right for Yeah. Once. And um Yeah, just grab like Throws everyone aside. Yep. Grabs Dawn. And, like, she when she's running out of four aces, she, like, runs into the barrier, but then just punches just it through open. it. Oh, my gosh. And it's the way... How quickly this all happens. She tosses Spike. She tosses Buffy. Buffy fa- falls into Willow. Anya tries to grab Dawn and, you know, is not successful. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, no one... Everyone tries to do something except for Tara, obviously. Um, but, like, they just... They're no match for her. And then we have a Harrison's favorite uh, glory moment. <laughs> yes. She sees Gregor and she goes, Look, it's Gregor! Picks up a hubcap, fucking slings it at him, impaling him, killing him with it, and then just goes, Now it's not. It's... I, it's like, uh, it's such a unique As line. I walk through the valley of the shadow. <laughs> right? It's just such a unique line and just pitch perfect delivery by Claire Kramer. I mean, there is a reason that Glory is my favorite big bad. I, oh, like, yeah. she, I feel like a successful big bad should be, um, like, a believable threat to her heroes. Um, you know, have, like, charisma uh i was trying to think of a different word than charisma because personality uh, yeah yeah you know some sort of interesting personality um and should um and should affect our heroes on an emotional level as well as like a physical level and glory hits all those boxes 
Um, it, those are the reasons why Angelus uh, and the mayor are such um, are are such good villains, and, and, and why and Adam that, and the master not so much. Yeah, and uh, the master it's mostly kind of because he like acts through others. Right. And Adam because he sucks. Yeah. And I will say, with the Master, I think the Master is a great starter villain yeah. for the show. Yeah, very good intro villain. But now, you know, would have checked off all those boxes, <laughs> Dr. Maggie Walsh. Right? No, uh, I'm not going to be able to get over it. No, I'm mad. <laughs> Fury! <laughs> Just smash my glass. Uh, Smash your glasses on the floor. Um, Whoa! After uh, breaking through the portal, um, Buffy she tries just to fall. Kills yeah, all the knights. Yay! They are Actually, gone. That right there, Gloria is my favorite villain because she kills all the stupid ass knights. They are Dunyan rings, folks. Yeah. Um, Buffy tries to go after her, but the portal uh, Willow's magic is just too good. It heals itself pretty quickly. She uh, begs Willow to get it taken down, but by the time Willow has it down and they get out there. All the knights are dead. Glory and Dawn are gone. Buffy sinks to the ground. Yeah, like um, Xander and uh, Xander and Spike are like, "Hey, like get the keys to the car to Ben's car. Yeah. Let's like let's follow them." And, uh, and but yeah, Buffy's Buffy's just kind of done and rings herself. Yeah, she sinks to the ground, glassy eyed. Um, I mean, oh my god, the pain on Sarah's face is just, mm-hmm. uh, I was like, I was like trying not to cry myself. Um, and Willow's like, Buffy, we have to go. Buffy, what are you doing? And we just, they do, the, the audio, they just do a smart thing with the audio to really put us in Buffy's perspective where the, like, uh, the audio of Willow specifically, but also the rest of the group just gets more and more distant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean... Season 5, episode 20, is the episode where Buffy, I would say for the first time in the entire series, breaks. Yeah. Like, like completely. Like I said, this is this is the darkest hour. Yeah. I mean, I think Killing Angel came close. I think um, finding out she was prophesy, prophesied to die in Prophecy Girl, those were close to breaking moments for her. But, I mean, this is, I mean, and I mean, the girl has gone through it. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a miracle she, she it's had, taken this long. She had one last family member to protect, and in the end, she couldn't do it. Yeah. And, uh, and like, it just, it's kind of like the ultimate failure. I mean, you also have to think of when, um... Like, when Joyce had her original, like, surgery, mm-hmm. um, when she came out, or was it when she came out or was it before she went in? Um, when she, when she, they have the conversation about Dawn. Before she goes in. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, like, so what, when they thought that, like, Joyce dying was a possibility because of the surgery, she said, like, uh oh, like, we have to take care of her. So it's yeah. kind of like the last thing mm-hmm. that Joyce asked Buffy to do. And so not only does she feel like she's feeling Dawn, she's failing Dawn, but she feels like she fails her mom. Oh, gosh. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> you know how earlier I was like, how could things get any sadder? Well, thanks. Now I know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I 
This is such a good episode. It I is. Really... It is a very effective episode. Yeah. It's um. Very action packed. Um, it's very um. This feels like, not that the next two episodes don't have any action in them, um, but this kind of felt like, specifically with the Winnebago fight, like, you know, this is, let's, this is our last chance to do, like, a big, cool, choreographed fight scene and, like, kind of lean into the action side of things, uh, because the next two episodes are very emotional. Um, and like I said, not, they still have action in it. It's, you know, it's still, it's still a show no, about fights, but like, it felt like this episode was like, we can lean into some action just for the sake of cool action, mm-hmm. uh, before we get to dive into yeah, it's like the you don't heavy have, stuff. Yeah, you, you can watch a fight scene and not worry about your heartbreaking lines. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, this is... It's, it's very much like, last call for fun. <laughs> Here we go to feeling downtown. Yes. Um, luckily, though, uh, it is not all doom and gloom for us. Because, ironically, uh, Angel is going to be the show that's keeping things a little light for us. Um, as we go into the final uh, act of the season. Um which I feel is maybe done a little on purpose. Like, I feel like they were like, okay, we know the last couple episodes of Buffy is going to some really dark places. Uh, and we've been spending most of this season of Angel in a pretty dark place. So yeah. it's our turn to have some fun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I really, yeah. Uh, I think this is going to be a four... Four horses run over by a Winnebago out of five. Four swords out of five. Yeah. I just, a lot of fun. The emotional beats all hit really well. And that ending is just, I mean, that's a five-star ending right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so any final thoughts of Spiral from the Book of Saw? Not really. I'm just, uh, I, um, I, I like seeing Chris Rock doing a dramatic turn every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as for this episode spiral um yeah it's just it it, it just feels like hey we're we're ramping it up mm-hmm. we're, we're gonna give you guys a hell of an ending because again as i've said already once this episode and a couple times before this was meant to be like the final act of buffy yeah so i think we're in for uh for a pretty good treat and uh, also this season finale is Harrison's favorite episode of I, Buffy. I'm so excited. I there's there's a very good chance that I will like watch it before we do our watch together, so I can have like a like a fun watch that's just like just for me, and I don't have to sit there and be like thinking critically about it before we do our watch. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just uh, it's so good. All right. Take us out, Jason. Taking us out. (laughs) Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season 2, Episode 20. Over the rainbow. Nice. That was lovely. Thank you. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled 
H A R R I S O N. Jason was looking at me with that look like he was going to make fun of me for spelling my last name, but it's C O F F M A N. Really, I thought it was A S S H O L E. I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at plainodeyamij. Yes, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can send us an email at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out A and D. Send all of those delightful videos of people chewing. <laughs> <laughs> and also, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week, we like to give a shout-out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we are highlighting the Union of Concerned Scientists. The Union of Concerned Scientists, UCS, puts rigorous, independent science to work to solve our planet's most pressing problems. Joining with citizens across, across the country, uh, they combine technical analysis and effective advocacy to create innovative, practical solutions for a healthy, safe, and sustainable future. Visit www.ucs usa.org for more information and as always go slay the knights of byzantium and be gay to fuck the clerics <laughs> <laughs>